Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the blessed month of Thawut, and today the Gospel is about the sinful woman from Luke chapter 7. And in the Coptic Church, we love the story of this sinful woman, and we pray this Gospel every day in the second watch of the midnight hour. And as I mentioned to you previously in the past weeks, the theme of this Coptic month is the love of God for mankind. And last week we saw God's immense love and acceptance and forgiveness of sinners. And we saw that in the story of Zacchaeus, how the Lord said he is also a son of Abraham. And today we see the Lord's love for the sinful woman. And indeed this woman, she was very sinful. The sins of this woman were all relating to sexual immorality. And it's important to note that her sins were considered great. She committed great sins. And everyone knew it. She knew it. The Pharisee knew it. The Lord Jesus Christ knew it. And the Lord said, Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many. She has a lot. Many sins. They are forgiven. In the gospel of today, the faith of this harlot woman saved her. She was forgiven. She was justified. But unfortunately, we cannot say the same thing for Simon, the Pharisee. He was not saved. He was not forgiven. He was not justified. And that's why today I want to compare the actions of Simon, the Pharisee, with this sinful woman. The gospel begins today with an invitation It's written that the Pharisee asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And what's interesting is that I wouldn't consider Simon, this Simon, a man of faith. He was not a man of faith. He wasn't one of the disciples. Actually, he had a lot of like skepticism, a lot of doubt. And even his doubts became so apparent when this sinful woman started to come, he, he said, this man, is he, is he a prophet? If he was a prophet, he would know who is, what, what kind of woman is touching him. And oftentimes I feel that maybe we are like Simon. How so? Is that we invite the Lord to our heart, but at the same time our heart is filled with with doubts, and our, and our mind is filled with uncertainty of who the Lord is and what He can do for us. But despite our doubt, and despite our unrest, the Lord still is willing to come and visit. He's still willing to come and visit. And one of the things I was thinking about is the beauty of the liturgy. The liturgy does so beautiful. Why? Because we invite the Holy Spirit. We invite the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and to be with us on the altar. And even though we are sinners, even though we have maybe doubts, even though we might have fears, guess what? The Lord, He honors the request every time. He honors the request every liturgy. Doesn't matter if the priest is worthy, doesn't matter if any, doesn't matter. We invite him, guess what? The Lord is 
coming. The Lord is coming. The Lord always comes. That's the beauty of, of the liturgy. But the question for us is when the Lord comes, how will we receive the Lord? Will we receive the Lord like Simon the Pharisee? Or will we receive the Lord like this sinful woman? Yani, when we come to communion, do we come in faith that this is true body and true blood? Or do we, and do we come with spirit of repentance like the sinful woman? Or we come in an unworthy manner like St. Paul, he says, you don't discern the Lord's body. He says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many are sleeping. Into sleeping. Many are sleeping. Don't sleep. Into yeah? And many are sleeping. The people, you see this? To one, communion is healing. To one, it is strength. To one, it is forgiveness. And the same communion is the same communion, but to the other it is weakness. To the other it is, it is death. To the other it is. It's the same communion. It's the same thing. And this is, it's a matter of how we receive. It's a matter how we receive. The Lord Jesus Christ, He was crucified among two thieves. He was crucified among two thieves. And one thief cried out, If you are the Christ, save us. Save us. And the other thief rebuked him and said, We deserve this sentence because we are thieves. We are criminals. He is the just one. He didn't do anything wrong. And then he said, Remember me, O Lord, when you come into your kingdom. The same Jesus, the same, but matter of reception. How do you receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Similarly, like the gospel of today, you see the sinful woman, you see the Pharisee. How do they receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Very differently. That's why the Lord said when He spoke about the second coming, He said, at that time, two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, the other left. The other left. The other one will be left. He says, there will be two women grinding at the mill. He says, one will be taken and the other left. Two people at the same time, at the same place, one will be taken, one will be left. Why? It's how they receive the Lord. How do they receive the Lord? Know that the Lord is in our midst. We do not want to be left behind. We do not want to be left behind. We want to be taken. We want to be taken. How will we receive the Lord? St. Gregory, he said something so beautiful. He said the physician was between two sick persons. He was between the two sick persons. But one preserved her faculties. The other one lost his mental perception. The Pharisee, elated with false sense of righteousness, overrated the vigor of his own health. Ooh. And I think this is especially true these days. Many people, if you ask, why do you need the Lord? Why do you need the Lord? Do you need the Lord in your day-to-day -day life? And I think many people, they say, ah, ah, we live okay, we're living, we're happy. Why do I need to go to, why do I need all of the kalam that, why? And tell us we're sleeping every week, why? I don't need, why? Why do I need this? I don't need church, I don't need this, I don't need any of it. Why? 
And this is a kind of like two reasons. We see two forms, like two personalities here that could have this thought. One is the extreme self-righteous. The extreme self-righteous. The extreme self-righteous, he doesn't see any problem with himself. And you remember like the Pharisee, he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give all the tithes that I possess. And, I don't, and I'm good. And I'm a good person. We might attend church every week. We might be even active servants. And we don't do the obvious sins that everyone of the world is doing. But the real question is, what is my relationship with the Lord? What is my relationship with the Lord? Oftentimes, this type of personality actually looks down upon others. And looks down upon the sinners. And they view them as deplorable. How? And we look down upon, upon these people. And that's what Simon did. Simon, he condemned this sinful woman for coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. I was reading a commentary by St. Gregory. He gives the solution to this problem. You know what the solution to this problem is? Of the self-righteous? He says, but when we behold sinners, we must first bewail ourselves for their calamity. We must bewail ourselves for their Calamity. What's that mean? That means we will cry for their sins. We will cry for their sins. And he says, perhaps you have had or are certainly liable to make a similar fall. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? That oftentimes we've done the same things or we do. And, we, and then maybe we haven't done it or we're at a different stage of life. And we say, mm, you guys are big sinners. That This is not what St. Gregory is teaching us. And maybe to add one more thing to St. Gregory, not that I can add to St. Gregory, but what if our negligence contributes to the fall of others? And many people, when they say, why you leave the church, they said, uh, something, whatever, uh, there was something that drove me away. So our negligence, maybe, can drive people away. So maybe this is, like, we need to be careful about this. That's why St. Gregory says, let not one be self-confident. Let not one be self-confident. For often the harlot shall go before him. Often the harlot shall go before him. This is the first personality. The first personality doesn't see their sins or they view their sins as small and insignificant. So it's not a big deal. The second personality is the type that doesn't consider their big sins a big deal at all. It's not a big deal. The other one is self-righteous. The other one is completely like apathetic. Completely apathetic. And we live in a society that really doesn't care about righteousness, to be honest. We don't care about righteousness. We live in a society which idolizes sexual immorality. Like we idolize this. Like these are the idols. And, and we, like, society is rampant with pornography, and it, it normalizes relations before marriage, and all of this is considered normal. Considered normal. It's no big deal, everyone's doing it. And as normal as it may be in the eyes of society, 
it doesn't change the fact that it is not normal in the eyes of God. Not at all. And this sinful woman is a great example for us today. Because she felt the burden of her sins. She knew the lifestyle she was living as a prostitute and in sexual immorality was wrong. She knew it was wrong. She knew it was against like the will of God. She knew she was not living right. And she came to the Lord for a new life. For a fresh start, a clean slate. Simon and the others like him, they didn't want a new life. They're very content with the status quo. Very content with the status quo. Good person. And this is, and I think one of the dangers in, that I think we have in this church, is that we stay status quo. There's no passion. There's no fire for God. There's no, I mean, and this is against the orthodox concept. The orthodox concept is about vigil, about matani, about like excessive prayer, like more prayer. We need this. And, and everybody these days, ah, well, it's too much. It's too much. This is against, like, even the, the gospel, like, uh, that we read a few weeks ago. It said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, all, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, the sinful woman, she gave all, Simon gave, yani invited the Lord, I gave you some supper, had, just try, and I give you a lot, and I'm happy the way I am, how about we give all, do you guys want to give all, be like the sinful woman and give all, Simon, he didn't give to the Lord. And actually, the Lord told Simon three things he did wrong. Actually, he said, Simon, here are three things you didn't give. What did he say? You didn't give? What? You didn't give? You didn't wash my feet. You didn't give me a kiss. You didn't. You didn't give me a kiss. You didn't? Anoint my head. You didn't do any of these things. You didn't. And to be honest, and I found this part very troubling to myself. Very troubling to myself. Because it's scary how the Lord, He kept record against Simon. He said, Alafikra, I remember. You didn't do this, 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 and this, and this. And I was thinking to myself, Ya Rabbi, how many times the Lord... I had an opportunity to serve, and I don't do it. How many times I had an opportunity to serve, I don't do it. How many times I had a desire to pray, and I didn't do it. How many times I had a desire to read the Bible, and I didn't do it. And all of this is going to be like a record. (laughs) Like a record. And like the Lord is keeping the record. I know for myself too many times to all of those questions. Too many times. And I see the record growing. And I see the list growing. And imagine the Lord is coming to your house and He says to you, you didn't do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. How are you going to feel? How are you going to feel? Feel good? Yeah? It's not good. You'll be like shaken. How's the Lord? He's keeping record of all of these things. Even imagine like the Lord, He says, but I say to you that every idle word, every idle word 
man may speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. You see how detailed this record is that the Lord is keeping? Ouch. So now I see the record. I look at myself. I see my record is getting way too long. I see it's gone way too long. Now what do I do? What do I do? We need to do what the sinful woman did. What did she do? She came to the Lord repenting. Repenting. She came to the Lord crying. And I come to the Lord crying. Like I imagine she, when she saw the Lord, like she's sitting like here and she sees the Lord. And right when she saw the Lord, I imagine she just started breaking down. Why? Why? She started breaking down because she saw the burden of her sin. She felt the debt, the debt that she had, so big. She, she started crying because she saw that the Lord was actually taking her debt. Allah, why are you taking my debt, Lord? I didn't, you don't deserve the debt. And He took the debt. She started crying because she felt the love that the Lord had for her. And when you feel the love that the Lord has, it makes you feel, ah, so happy. Yani, whenever we just, like we just got done with wedding season, I love when the, the bride and the groom, they like are sitting there like crying like little babies. Ah, why? Because they feel the love of the bridegroom. They, love, they feel the love and they're so touched with the emotion. And this sinful woman... She truly, she felt the love of her bridegroom. And she just started crying. And these tears are the secret to wiping away that record. That huge record that we all have. It's the secret to wiping it away. That's why in the Agbeya, what do we say? Give me, O Lord, many fountains. Give me, O Lord, many fountains of tears. As you gave in the past the sinful woman. Make me worthy to wash your feet. Which liberated me from the path of string. And to offer you precious fragrant oil. And gain through repentance a pure life. So that I may hear that voice full of joy. Your faith has saved you. We ask for these tears. Because the tears of repentance are. Like the fathers say the second baptism. The second baptism. And I'll conclude with one story from the Paradise of Desert Fathers. Is a brother asked Ambabiman, What should we do about sins? The old man said to him, He who wishes to purify his faults, purifies them with tears. And he who wishes to acquire virtues, acquires them with tears. For weeping is the way the scriptures and our fathers give us. When they say weep, truly there is no other way than this. Ambabiman. You might say, Abuna, these tears are nice words, but I'm not a crier. I would say, be sincere in your prayers. Be sincere in your prayers. Be sincere in your repentance. This is what the sinful woman teaches us today. She teaches us repentance. She teaches us about confession. She, she teaches us coming to the Lord. Despite all the embarrassment and despite all the things, she came to the Lord. And what St. John Chrysostom says is that this harlot, this one who had the record at the Kiddah, full, 
St. John Chrysostom says, she became more honorable than all the virgins. She became more honorable than virgin. This is the power of repentance that we learn from this sinful woman. I pray today that we learn this, this lesson of repentance. And we're not like Simon the Pharisee, who just accepts the Lord, come to my house, and we feel it, and we come, and just have a, just an azuma, kira. No. When the Lord comes, we come, but this ain't an azuma. <laughs> This is, you come repenting. And when you leave, guess what? You leave in peace. She said, go in peace. And into, at the end of the liturgy, you should leave in peace. May the peace of the Lord be with you. And glory be to God forever. <laughs>